Welcome, everyone, to the Overseas Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Owens. Today, we are joined by Slade Bolden, a national champion uh, out of Alabama, and we're going to talk to him. Today, the show is brought to you by Loop Mogul, athletes-led sports metaverse, powered by virtual real estate, academies, games, meta shops for brands and fans with real in-life rewards. Get to play against your favorite athlete in online games at Loop Mogul. All right, so Slade. Thanks for joining us. First off, this is super cool to have you. Well, uh, I, I appreciate y'all having me. Um, I'm thankful I've been a- I was able to get on today. No, it's great. Uh, going, we'll we'll start kind of into the the beginning or in the in the present because you tremendous wide receiver out of Alabama. You get into the uh, NFL with the Ravens. You end up injured. And now you're right. kind of coming back on your recovery tour, uh, working out with the Kansas City Chiefs. What is the next? Uh, what is next for Slade Bolton? Right. So I'll kind of start from the beginning. I mean, you know, I felt like I was having a really good summer with the Ravens. Uh, I, was, I feel like I was having a really good camp. You know, my mind, my mindset is. Uh, you know, I'm on, I'm gonna make the team. You know, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to that. And you know, unfortunately, things happen. Uh, it's football. People get hurt, and I was having to be one of them. And you know, having sports hernia surgery, so I was on IR for uh, seven weeks or seven or eight weeks. Uh, eventually, got healthy, and you know that there was a long period, like a ten week period, where. You know, I would get calls and I, you know, I would get, you know, my agent would get calls from teams and, you know, oh, you know, you know, this guy's on our list. He's on, you know, talking about me, you know, you know, Slade's on our list. You know, he, if something was to happen, you know, we'll work him out. And, you know, I wasn't expecting to not be playing. I've never experienced not playing in a game or practicing or being in the locker room. And, uh, you know, mentally it was tough and it was something that I had to, uh, you know, endure and get over. And, but I felt like, you know, it's, you know, things happen for a reason and it's gotten better, you know, and, and, you know, it's going to be better. I'm going to be better because of it. So fast forward to now, you know, I finally got um, a couple workouts, which I'm very thankful for. And just, you know, just to have something, just to have a workout or, you know, you know, the possibility of earning another job, you know, and I believe that, you know, more will come because not they they don't always sign you right then and there. You know, you they want to get a look at you. They want to see how you're progressing, if you're in shape, if you're healthy. So um, I was just thankful, like, because at a time point in time, you know, the, the negative thoughts in your mind tell you, like, is is it over? Like, is this it for me? And uh, but I never let that get to me, and I continue to work, continue to grind, and uh, you know, thankfully I've gotten a couple workouts. Uh, and hopefully I get some more to uh, possibly continue my career, which I believe I can, I still got a lot left in me. <laughs> it's great to, cause I always talk about the mentality. Like people don't yeah. understand as a pro athlete and like, you know, a high level athlete, you, an injury can derail so many things and right. it, it could completely change the tra- trajectory of a career. So your mindset is exactly what I always preach to our young athletes. Like, hey, you know, you got to stick with it. Like, you're good. Yeah. You're here for a reason. Teams are reaching out for a reason. 
So you got to stick with it. You got to have that positive mentality and you have that, which is tremendous uh, for a young player coming out of college uh, and only, you know, a little bit of experience to be like, no, screw it. I, I belong here. Right. Right. And, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And when you go into, you know, going from Alabama, obviously a huge uh, school national championship, you go to the NFL. What was the major differences that you noticed uh, immediately between the two? I mean, you know, luckily playing at an Alabama, you know, caliber type school, LSU, you know, Ohio State, teams like that, um, and Georgia, of course, you know, you're playing against guys that are going to be in the league. And I remember playing against guys just on our team, just during practice that were first-round picks, second-round picks, you know, throughout my whole career there. So – and also I played in a room with uh, four – at one time four first-round receivers, and then eventually I played with a total of five first-round receivers. So I was able to learn and even – because I was nowhere near where a receiver I am today when I first got to Bama. So just – playing against or practicing against those guys every day and with those guys every day and then playing against the SEC teams on Saturday, it definitely helped prepare me better than I feel like any other place. Now, I can't speak on other conferences and other teams, but I feel like that was one of the benefits of preparing me for the league because when I got to the Ravens, the Ravens are – uh, you know, pretty tough team as in when it comes to practice and workouts. Like it's not just, you know, some team, some NFL teams are, you know, not as, uh, I guess, not as hard as in like the workouts and how much you run and, you know, how long you practice for. And, but the Ravens was somewhat similar to Bama. And I was like, well, thank, thank, you know, thank God I went, already went through this. So I know what to expect, but. I would say the main difference would be the good thing is you don't have to worry about school, which is nice. But when it comes to just playing, I would say the speed, definitely. Um, the windows, you know, for the quarterbacks in the league close a lot faster than uh, in college. I remember our offense coordinator, uh, and he met, he told me that, you know, you got – or I guess probably told us that, like, your window goes from, you know, four feet in college to catch a ball to now it's like one foot where if, you know, at Lamar at the time, if, he, if he's going to throw it in that window, you got to grab. Like, there's no there's no option. <laughs> like, And if you, don't, if you don't catch it, no matter how tight the window is, no matter who's around you, who's on you, if if it's there and it's in your hands, you got to catch it. So I feel like the speed and just the, uh, you know, the overall like, there's no air. So you, and of course a guy like me being undrafted, I couldn't make any. You know, I had to be, I had to be almost perfect. No one's perfect, but I had to be almost that guy. So I would say like the speed, you know, the the when it comes to like training camp, comparing it to fall camp in college. I felt like it was it was similar, uh, as in like the schedule, uh, basically all day, which was like that in uh, college. Um, so, but I, I think just the athletes and the speed of the game was definitely uh, definitely different. And 
our playbook for the Ravens was uh, a, a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it was a little bit more difficult. I, I can I can definitely attest to that. So, but I was definitely more prepared. I felt like some guys uh, not you know take away the athletic side athleticism side of it just based off scheduling and uh, playbook and um, you know going against guys on the field. I felt like I was better prepared than some guys in my class before that you talk about the margin for error and uh especially for you know an undrafted player right it's it becomes so narrow how do you was that something that you kind of prepared yourself for or did Alabama we talked a little bit about your experience in Alabama and how that propelled you uh did that help you with just those little okay, I have to catch that ball. Like having those high yeah. pressure situations where you're in camp and you're like, I can't make a mistake today every single right. day. Did Bama prepare you for something like that? Yes, it did. And I'll tell you why, because really my whole career at Bama, you know, I would, if you, if you would ask anyone who knew me in high school, <clears throat> they would have told you that I should have never went to Bama. Like that, you know, when I was go getting recruited or when I, decided to commit to Bama ever you know people didn't think I should should go because you know they told me I would never play so I obviously said okay watch this <laughs> and I went down and uh, eventually I started playing you know I started playing a little bit you know more of special teams and uh, my junior year I, I finally got to start and um, really it was even before I had to start, you know, I had to do everything that I could to play. Like, I mean, being a special teams guy, uh, you know, even, you know, getting the trust of your coaches, be, you know, make sure, like, a guy like me, like, I have to catch everything, run every route perfect, know every single play, know every position on the field, you know, every receiver position. So doing – just doing that – allowed me to play ahead of some other guys that may have been a little faster, a little more athletic, and eventually allowed me to be the next man up when someone got hurt, and that's what happened. And uh, so I kind of had – you know, I was able to take it and run with it a little bit. But still, I still had to be almost perfect, you know, throughout that process because I f- felt as if – if I wasn't, you know, saving, I'd have put someone in front of me. And, you know, I did have to rotate some with some guys, but uh, I felt like if it wasn't for the way I worked and the preparation that I always carry with myself, um, I wouldn't have been able to play. You know, if I'd have just went out there and like, oh, I'm just going to let my athletic ability take over. Like, yeah, like I was, I'm very blessed and I'm thankful, but you should see the guys I've had to play with. <laughs> like it's <laughs> those guys from a different level. Even some of the guys who didn't play at Bama when I was there. So uh, I was very fortunate to do what I've been able to do. But uh, yeah, so it, that's being in that atmosphere, and I basically felt like if every day was a game day, and that I had to perform my best because if I don't performing my best this week during practice I may not play or I may not get the ball as much I may not get as many targets so I uh I just uh channeled that and transferred that into um you know with the Ravens and kind of treated every day like a new day and you know I didn't but the the good thing is, is 
I didn't let it the pressure get to me as much because at the end of the day, so football is still a fun game, and uh, you know, there's thousands of. I mean, I can't even tell you how many guys in this world that wish they were in that position. So you have to look at a perspective that it is still fun, and you're getting to play a kid's game, and you you, you know you're look you're getting to the point of getting paid to do it but i wasn't there yet <laughs> i wouldn't get paid to do it yet especially being on draft we don't get much but uh i still look at it from that uh from those kind of glasses and that helps take the pressure off um but yeah I, I, every day was like you know you i want to win this day i want to somehow show up show up on film somehow make a play just try to be uh as perfect as I can be. You taught a, a good lesson for younger athletes because there's so much pressure, I feel like, especially in the high school level. Everyone, yeah. you know, there's, and I, you know, I've experienced with the basketball side with AU and things like that, where like it's such, if you're not playing at this level or you're not in this game or you're not in this level, by the time you're in eighth grade, it's like you're forgotten. And uh, you kind of go through and a lot of people will look for a school that they're going to go there and be like, all right, I'm going to go here and I'm going to dominate. And having the mindset to be like, listen, I'm going here and I'm going to work myself onto the rotation. I'm going to bust my ass to make sure that I'm there. Not many people have that mindset because I think young athletes today, it's like they just they want things. They want to go and just, yeah, it's it's all a nail culture. So having your story of going there and people saying, no, don't go to Alabama. And you're like, you know, what? screw that. Like I'm going and I'm going to make it there. And you did is a tremendous success story for young athletes to hear, to say, you know, you don't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be now. Like you can work yourself on and just having that patience and grind and grit to be like, yeah, I got that. That's a great thing to have. Well, I appreciate that. And, that was one thing is when I was getting recruited for Bama, you know, they were in the top, you know, obviously they're still the top school in college and they had just, or they were the 2018, they won the natty, which was 2017 season. That's, I was already committed then, but they, you know, they were winning every other year since I've been, and I was always an LSU fan. So I know we always lose to them. So, you know, obviously they were in their middle, of the, still in the dynasty. And my mind was like, if I want to be the best player that I can be, I, sh- I need to be coached by the best. I need to play with the best and I need to play against the best. So that was something that kind of won me over. I, yeah, you know, they did a good job recruiting me. They did it, you know, I felt like <laughs> they put out all the stunts, even though I wasn't a big, you know, number one recruit guy, but uh, that was kind of what helped me make a decision because I wanted – I know that if I put myself in that position, I was going to, you know, get the best outcome of who I wanted to be. The NIL deals, you were mm-hmm. – you you missed the NIL deals, right? You were – it was – yeah, it was like – it was kind of going – that's like a, a thing because the the line it was like boom all of a sudden you had these huge deals is that something you think about and like i mean i guys are making 
tons and tons of money to stay yeah. in college. Is that something you you were ever like, damn, like right so close to having that like huge NIL? Uh, and uh right. And you know, I, I was able to have it for a year. Yeah. But it wasn't really like, you know, it was all <laughs> new. You know, it was like some some people weren't really wanting to do it. You know, some some business probably that are doing it now probably weren't thinking about doing it then. And, you know, it was it was I, I took advantage of it. It was beneficial for that year. I had a few deals and, you know, I did some signings and stuff. But I am no I was nowhere near what these guys are making. Now. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's crazy. And I mean, I'm just I think. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to last as long, you know, the way it's going right now. I don't know. I don't see it lasting longer, but I wish I could have had it for four years. Because, uh, because I was, you know, my junior year, I started playing, you know, I was, I still had a little bit of cloud, I guess you want to call it, some following <laughs> before my last year. So I think I could have done okay. Or, you know, yeah. But I mean, this, this, seeing how this goes and that's another thing about what we were talking about earlier kids wanting something now and that's that's the biggest thing is and i get like i can't i can't judge because i you know i I understand people who come from nothing and you know they want to if you offer a kid a million dollars and you know he's got he he needs to take care of his family you know his mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever's in his household like I don't blame a kid for taking that. Like 100%. I can go to a smaller, you know, you know, maybe Alabama's recruit me, but Tennessee's giving me more money. You know, I may not win a national championship. Well, you know, they are doing well now, but when I was playing, it was more, you know, Tennessee wasn't as good as they were. I'm just using an example, but yeah, I, you know, Tennessee's offering me more money. I don't blame a kid for going there. Yeah. You know, and, and also the transfer portal and how that affects NIO and, I mean, it's it's crazy. I know – I don't think Saban's a big fan. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure some of these coaches aren't big fans of it. You know, it may be an advantage to some coaches and disadvantage to some based off how they do things. But, man, it's uh, – I definitely wouldn't have minded having it for uh, more than one year. But, you know, maybe it's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> we When you t- brought up Nick Saban, the – I. I was playing pro at the time and we had a guy who was working out with us and he was seven foot, was getting recruited, you know, Stanford, a lot of the, he was very smart, a lot of the Ivy League schools. And then Duke stepped in like fifth hour or 25th hour, like boom, Krzyzewski shows up to his game. He's like, fuck that, like I'm going to Duke. Yeah, that that has to be the kind of same thing with Saban, like that just persona when you see him and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, Alabama, holy shit, Saban. Like, does that does that play into that when you kind of see him show up and you start meeting him and talking to him and be like, wow, this is this is incredible. Yeah, he definitely has that effect on people, Uh, especially (laughs) like the first time you meet him, you know, which is like with any, I guess, uh, prestigious guy or person or woman. Like you're gonna be, wow! Like in a you know all in all factor, and you know my first probably unofficial visit in the summer, and I had already had the offer because they when they offered me they called me. I you know I talked to the OC, the receiver coach, you know coordinator, 
you know, who el- whoever else, you know, like a uh, private recruiter or somebody. And then Saban got on the phone and called me, but it wasn't like the way he does it is not, it's, you don't get like the official offer yet, or at least I didn't. Like he's like, Hey, we're going to offer you. And, you know, you got to come in. I had to do a summer workout. So I basically had to prove myself to earn the scholarship. <laughs> so I did that. I actually had a great, uh, summer uh workout day whatever it was and you know i did a little tour of the campus and facilities and you know obviously at the end or right before the end you meet with saving you know your family you meet with saving it was just like you know we're sitting in the hotel like what just happened you know like what <laughs> is it is this i i mean we're sitting there literally thinking i was I was still considering TCU, LSU, and, you know, maybe some other schools. Like, I wouldn't narrow down my recruiting yet. And I was like, where's the papers at? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to sign. Like, me and my family were both like, let's do it. You know, and jokingly, kind of jokingly, but probably really not. Like, we were yeah. already sold right then. And I think, you know, meeting with Saban also had an effect of that. But yeah, that's, it was it was a good experience, no doubt. That's that's an incredible story because it really does show just the prestige of mm-hmm. you know these big time universities and these coaches who, on top of trying to become the best, they there's a lot of stories out there where you know the coaches become an extension of kind of your your parents, and you know you go away. There's a lot of trust in the parents that yeah. they're gonna make sure that you're taken care of. So a guy like Saban coming in, you're like, whoa especially when they know how to how to do this they know how to set up yeah. that meeting they know how to talk to your parents and be, parents be like sign up immediately right this is the guy oh no they 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 do a good job of that trust me and <laughs> that you know and he's built such a good team around him you know when it comes to the other coaches and training staff uh you know the advisors in uh-huh. the academic area you know the the nutritionists and weight room guys like i feel like like yeah, Coach Saban is a great coach, but I feel like the way now he being a great coach led him to be able to do this. You know, he's he's able to create such a great team around him to help him get the players he needs and make sure they're you know doing well in school and they're getting fed right and all that stuff. And so he's uh, that's that I think that's one of the and he'll probably tell you that but that's that's what's helped him is having. Uh, just the team around him. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about how you had to come in and perform at Alabama. And there's so much individualized workouts where coaches need to see you more. So you do it at yeah. Bama. Then there's the NFL draft combine and you could be uh, you know, a phenomenal wide receiver in the, in college and, you know, all these stats and everything. And then it's like, okay, well, you mess up one thing at the draft combine, your draft stock slides. Yeah. It's such an it's such a big deal. There's just so much that that I guess they need to be perfect that they need to see every single time. Was that something when you went into that draft combine, despite what you've done in your college career, was that something where you're just like, man, still, like still have to keep right. proving myself? I mean, that yes, I I, I believe. And you know, I'm not I'm not the only guy. I I've, I know there's plenty of guys that are um, 
underestimated and, you know, have that, you know, underdog mentality. And that's, that's been my whole career. Yes. Like I, I, I definitely still have more to prove, you know, there's probably people thinking I'm done right now, you know, and I, I, I don't, I know I'm not, but I feel like going through that draft process and the combine and pro day and uh, all that stuff. I, I didn't have the best stats um, in college compared to some other receivers. Uh, I think I did well with what I was, you know, with receptions I had and the, the targets I had. I mean, I didn't have, you know, I probably averaged four or five targets a game and probably had, I mean, maybe less than that. Because usually I caught every target. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the craziest stats. And, you know, I did have Smitty and Judy or, you know, Waddle and, you know, Ruggs and all these first-round picks. And then my last year, you know, Jameson and uh, Mechie in the same room as me. So, yeah, I had some good receiver, obviously some good, really good receivers around me that took away most of the love. But <laughs> I get it. You know, they were good. I, I ain't taking nothing away from them. But uh, so that part of, like, having the big stats, like, I felt like going into the combine, I was, you know, I had to perform well. Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the skill drills, uh, doing, you know, obviously the 40 and the pro shuttle, and the L drill, and I knew, you know, I, I'm i not the fastest guy. I mean, I'm sure some of the scouts knew that I – whatever I ran – because I had to run like a, you know, mid-4-6, which was not the fastest and would end up being the slowest time in the combine, which was uh, – you know, honestly was – I don't know – because I ran a 4-6-2 – Mm-hmm. And then it came back that I had like my official time was like a four six five or six, but there was other guys that ran four six fives unofficial, and then it stayed the same. I don't know. I mean, I would have loved to have been in the four fives, and I thought I was going to be. I thought because I was during my training, I had ran four five one four five three laser times, and I was like, okay. You know, I, I I was thinking I might squeeze in a four four. Like I was feeling, <laughs> I was feeling good. But the only issue about the combine is you literally walk all day for three days. You just walk around. You do all this press, this media stuff. Uh, you do these pictures. You have these different meetings with like the you know, PA and uh, just different deals like that. And you're walking around this huge plaza hotel. And for some reason, you know, after like the interviews with teams and coaches and all this stuff you know you don't get but like probably six hours a night and then same thing the night before you run you get you walk around all day for no reason and then you walk and then you you know get no sleep and they're like oh now you gotta go run a 40 you know for your that depends on your career (laughs) you know like this is the most important thing in this combine and you got to do it late at night and it's just, yeah, it's, it's combine is not, it's, it's a mental battle. It really is. It was not the, the most fun I had. It was a great experience. Um, but I know my body, my, I've always been like, 
I need my eight hours. Uh-huh. I need my hot tub, cold tub. You know, I need, <laughs> I got to be ready. And, you know, luckily I did a lot better at pro day. And, uh, but I, you know, I was, I was told, you know, cause every, every, if you're trying to leave, you're told, okay, this is where your grades are like saving. You have a meeting with saving. He's like, here is, you know, he talks to the scouts and the coaches. And he's like, here's what we have your grade in. And I was, my grade was maybe fifth, but more sixth, seventh to undrafted. So I was like, okay, I feel like played at Bama, won a national championship. You know, I had all these deals. I was like, okay, I would, I feel like I can at least squeeze in there. You know, let me, let mm-hmm. me just get a nice little six round pick. I'll be cool with that. Like, just give me a little extra money. I'll be cool. Cause I feel like either way, I'm still going to have to prove myself and, and, you know, do what I've always done in my career. So, but you know, that's just, that's just how it goes. And, uh, I'm, you know, obviously I'm still very blessed that I'm still able to have the opportunities to play this game that I've loved and that many people didn't think I was going to be this far, but I yeah. did. I knew I was, but uh-huh. not many people thought so, but yeah, I mean, uh, that whole process, you know, you're still, you're still going to have, there are, I still had to try and run a fast 40. I still couldn't drop any balls during the drills. You know, I still had to run good routes. And so, yeah, the, even though you had such a good college career, you know, had all these different accolades, yeah, you still got to go out there because, God forbid, you drop three in a row. It's like, oh, he has hands issues. Oh, he has bad hands. Or if you, you know, slip and fall every time you run a route, like, okay, he can't, you know, I don't know. He's not athletic, and I just still like okay. But watching play football, like it's the Jim Short yeah. Olympics. It's, I don't know. I, I'm. I know some guys probably even even the guys that um, had great times and you know ran a great forty that helped them get drafted even higher. Which you know that's a lie. You know what gets you drafted is what you do. You know, what gets you drafted higher is what you do on the field. Yeah. Now, you know, it helps if you do run like a four three and you you know, no one knew you would. But uh yeah, even guys like that, they still all complain that the combine is it's no joke. And it, I think it might be set up that way to make to see who can get through that and, and still perform well. But I had a good I did good other than you know, my forty wasn't as fast as I wanted to be, but uh, all the drills and stuff, I killed that. But my, my, I knew my, my sweet spots like the the short shuttle and the L drill. That's where, like, if I'd have, what I did at pro day was I, I ran like a four o five ish. I you know some of the different some of the teams had different numbers, but I I was stayed in the four o range. If I'd because I didn't run the L drill and the short shuttle at the combine. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, cause by the, after the forty and all the receiver drills and, I mean it was, I we were all dead. Like a lot yeah. of guys could do it, <laughs> but if I was able to do that the combine, I would have had the fastest short shuttle, or quickest I guess, short shuttle at the combine, based off what I did at pro day. So, that was one thing that I wish I could have done, but I was already dead. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna put up some bad numbers, and y'all have me especially my my uh my bread and butter right there i ain't gonna have that on 
on the uh, internet. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Like everything is so live. Like everything yeah. goes out immediately. Like it's on TV and guys, and it's, it's crazy because you, you mentioned it. You're like, you know, I ran this at this time and this time. And like, everyone knows pretty much how fast you are, but it's, right. it's weird that sometimes these GMs are like, Oh shit. Like, do you see how fast he ran here? Like sign, let's let's bump him up a you know a few rounds because he's so yeah. fast and it's like these numbers. While you're explaining it, like there's so many other factors that go in. But mm-hmm. when you when you're kind of in that slot, that like slot receiver, and you talked about you know the shuttles and and those short quick bursts and how much more important that is because obviously you can take someone long, but having that ability is that a different mindset when you kind of line up in the slot as compared to you know out when you're you're working more on those short slants and things just to get yourself opening possession right i yeah i i do believe it is a different mindset um yeah you obviously you got to be quick um run good routes i feel like i always tell people you know when i'm telling other receivers um younger receivers like it's all about just deceiving the db it's all about deceiving him, just making him think you're going one way and you're going the other, really. Now, sometimes they don't fall for it and they get <laughs> you, and it is what it is. But I feel like being a slot guy, you got to – you're going to have to make the tougher, you know, tighter window catches. Uh, you're going to have to catch more balls over the middle and be able to tough it up when you get stick, you know, get hit. And sometimes you got to go in and – hit a backer you know go block a backer because you're tight you're tighter than the outs the receiver ain't the outside receivers are never going to get in close to that you know box that the backers and the d line you know it i've I've figured out a couple times how real it gets in them trenches and you know it's uh you gotta you gotta come in with a little you know bring your ass with you you know what i mean you gotta come in there (laughs) uh that is one thing that it's definitely different. You got to have a different kind of mindset. You know, it's tough, you know, and I'm not saying my guys on the outside are not tough. You know, they got to, they got to do a lot of running and a lot, you know, it's, it is different. This, you know, we obviously do the same stuff, but also do some different things, but uh, that is a different mindset. And my mindset is me is like, I look at you. I don't care if you're a pro bowler. I don't care if you're, you know, 20 year old vet. I don't care. You can't guard me. That is my – that's my mindset. Now, if you get me, you get me. It happens. You, you don't win, win them all. But when I line up, I'm like, you can't guard me and try try and figure it out. You know, that's – and I feel like that's the mindset you got to have. Uh, because if not, then if you're going out there and just thinking, oh, I'm going I'm to hope – you know, I'm going I'm to try to get open, you're already done. You're uh-huh. already covered. So there's a different mindset I feel like not only just as a slot guy, but just how I, how I attack playing in that position. You, you talk, I'm, so I'm a full disclosure. I'm outside of the Philadelphia area. So I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. I'm, I'm we got, for, y'all got a bunch of us. Yeah. <laughs> or, so I, or a couple of or three. Yeah. I think. I can't remember how many. Well, the big, when we talk, like, I'm good friends with Aaron Moorhead, who's the wide receiver coach, and when you talk to him about, like, Devontae, and, like, mm-hmm. you talked about his the route running and, like, how it's got to be so precise, and that was his big claim 
when he was coming in, like route running, like how he, yeah. boom, how he moves. And, you know, is that something that you experience kind of up close? Uh, yeah. That, that ability to just kind of change on a dime and, and just outsmart or, you know, be able to get by uh, a good cornerback or a good, you know, defensive back. Yeah. Uh, you know, people always ask me, you know, who's the best receiver you play with? I'm just like me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, they're always like, who's who's better? You know, it's either Waddle. Yeah. Now, I, just, I, I know what they meant. They're like, who's better? Waddle, Judy. And, you know, that used to be the conversation. Waddle, Smitty, Judy. Now it's like, okay, who's better out of, you know, Jameson, uh, <laughs> Mechie, Waddle, you know, all these guys I played with. And, you know, I always tell them they're all – they all – do different things uh you know i can never say which one's better um they're all my brothers all my teammates and i love every one of them but i've you know obviously the easiest answer would have been smitty because he's the only one to win a heisman which is crazy (laughs) it's very crazy Smitty is i the the one thing that stuck out to me and i kind of you know kind of used some of his stuff or I, i uh put it in my own way because he's obviously built a little different than I am, but he was so smooth. Like Smitty's routes were so smooth. His releases were so, you know, like our receiver coach told us to flow like water. That's, you know, when you're running a route, when you're transitioning from a route to receiving and uh, getting yards after catch to flow like water. Because if you, if you don't, you know, I guess you're not going to flow right. You're not going to run the right, you know, Everything's not going to work, and you know it's like a poetry in motion. You know, releasing, getting to the top route, coming out of the transition smooth. You know, catching the ball smooth, not just letting it just hit your hands. You know, you want to really just like fill it in, like it's a loaf of bread. So it's like Smitty was so good with his releases and his routes, and we always called him. Uh, uh, what was the what's the Fantastic Four guy that? Oh, uh, Mister Fa- Mister Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, or I think <laughs> our super coach going like elastic arms or something yeah. like you know. But referring to that guy because Smitty would always be able to plug everything. Just like if it was out of his body or you know he was covered, someone on his back, he was always able to get that, be able to uh, plug that ball and bring it in. So you know he he was just so smooth with his releases and uh, his route running was you know obviously really good and you know because he's not. I mean, I don't even know what Smitty would run in 40, you know, and not that it matters, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I maybe four, four, I mean, he's fast. Don't get me wrong, but he's not <laughs> blowing you out of the water. He's not, man, I don't know if he's a four, three or, you know, high four, two, but it don't matter when you can run routes like he did and run, you know, have hands like he did and have uh, the releases that he has. So that was the three things that I saw. Well, well, Slade, this has been tremendous talking to you and and catching up on your career. We are very excited. You have the right mindset. We're very excited for the this upcoming year for you, and we'll be following closely. And we really appreciate your time today. Well, I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on, and um, I'd love to come on again. It's it was uh, fun. It's fun talking ball. <laughs> absolutely, sounds good. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.